Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to another episode of Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. Today, the role of Hannah Gelb will be played by the one, the only, Lance Bass. Please enjoy. Hey, Lance. How's Hi. it going, Hannah? Oh. We're touching spirit fingers. Yes, yes. Uh, we just finished recording because I was on Lance's podcast hey. called something. What was that called? The Daily Popcast. Wow, where Isn't can people that find just it? So clever. Yeah. Um, <sighs> anywhere you get your podcast, we're everywhere. We're a daily, and I think we're the first daily entertainment news podcast. At least Whoa. that's what we're saying because we have not found another one. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so if you guys want to get your daily dose of entertainment news, you know, frankly. I might start listening because I need a daily dose well, of entertainment you don't wanna, news. You know, you don't want to sound stupid at the water cooler the next day. And our show is very positive. That's the one thing I love about our show is we take an hour break from what's crazily going on in the world. We don't talk politics. And then it's just let's relax for an hour and have a positive show. Mm. So then afterwards, now you can go back to your crazy world. I see. That's exactly what we need, you yeah. know, because also I need something that can do a little bit of an entertainment roundup for me because I... Uh, yeah. Lord knows I'm not I'm not looking. Well, if you want to know all about Aaron Carter, come listen to our show. <laughs> oh, okay. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. Um, Lance Bass, uh, I feel like you need no introduction, but I will do it just in case. <sighs> Lance Bass is one of the boy band members. How do you refer to yourself? Former boy band, um, formal global sensation? Like, what I, do you say? I just say, you know, in sync member. In sync member. Yeah. <laughs> you let so, them fill in the really, rest. Every time someone says like former, I'm like, well, I'm still in the band, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I don't think I've been kicked out. Uh, so NSYNC member. NSYNC member, yeah. Yeah, you guys haven't released an album in a minute. Uh, a very long time. Oh, man. You I might want to. 20 years. What are you guys even doing? Uh, we, we, we obviously love each other. We see each other all the time. Uh, Chris was just on my show. We're enjoying life at the moment. And it's nice. All of us have different. You, you guys know, are all wants. drawn to different, drawn to different things. Yeah. And, and I think also when you do something so young and you're a teenager, you, you get burnt out very quickly. And I think we just got really burnt out. Mm. Yeah, Is part of that why you chose to make your newest documentary, Boy Band Con, The Lou Pearlman Story? Um, That's pretty direct. It is. Yeah, right. Well, The no. Lou Pearlman Story. I know. Well, that's YouTube. Thank you, YouTube, for just being right on the nose on the title. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a story I always wanted to tell because it is a little crazy and i think as an entertainer everyone kind of goes through their type of lou perlman ours just happened to be you know the, the craziest of all <laughs> well first of all what is the documentary mm -hmm. well the documentary shows the birth 
to death of Lou Pearlman. I really wanted to get into pretty much the psyche of Lou Pearlman. Everything that everyone knows about him, from the Vanity Fair article to American Greed, whatever you see is always the sex, drugs, and rock and roll and how horrible this man was, and he was just evil. Well, he wasn't all evil. There was a reason we all trusted him. There was a reason we all felt he was a family member of, of ours. I wanted to really analyze. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> why he. You, you can tell it's getting close to painful <laughs> yeah. places because we're joking now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I just wanted to really, you know, find out who Lou was and, and how and why he became that person. And, and it, what, what role did he play in your life directly? Well, uh, he was the president of our record label. He was our manager. He was the sixth member of NSYNC. He, had, he was really quadruple dipping into everything. that, and, and the way he sold it to us, it made sense to a 16-year-old that, oh, if I'm the sixth member of the group, you won't have to pay me as the record label president. You don't have to pay me as a manager. All my lawyers are now your lawyers. You don't have to pay lawyers. So it's, it's like, as the sixth member of the group, I will handle all the business, right? And oh y'all just God. perform, right? Good deal, oh right? God. Good deal. Except when you look at the statements and he, he's taken everything. I mean, every money that was coming in, he, he was taken. So he was a big scammer. Legally took it though. Just the worst contract ever. Oh my God. But where it got really hairy was after we left Lou Perlman and after the huge lawsuit, that's when he enacted one of the largest Ponzi schemes in American history. That had nothing to do with us, but I mean, he really took so many families in Orlando's life savings and it was just, it was horrible, mm. was a horrible situation. Mm. But in the doc, we really get to see young Lou and his, his time in New York and how he became the character he became. And it was, it was very fascinating to me because I learned so much doing this doc. Okay. You're a member of NSYNC, mm -hmm. even to this day. But former. It, yeah. Former. Okay, oh, God. God. Yeah. <laughs> so but it's been 20 years, like you said. Uh-huh. So why now? Why did you want to tell this story now and what enabled you to do it? It's a story I always wanted to tell. In fact, I, I wanted to make this a, a scripted film. I thought this would just be an incredible movie, but it just kind of, my life gets in the way and you have all these other projects that you're working on. And, and documentary is a labor of love. It's like, you know, we were talking about writing a book. It's not about making money because docs don't make anything. <laughs> um, and it's a labor of love. And I didn't have the time in the past few years to really take that time off to do a labor love project. And the reason it really was able to happen, you know, last year, YouTube was the one who wanted to do it mm. and they came to me. So I didn't even have the idea of making this documentary. They came to me and said, look, we would love to do a documentary on Lou and you're the perfect person to tell the story. And I jumped at the chance because I, I, you know, I've always wanted to tell the story and I, I knew that I would learn so much in doing this. And what I didn't learn or didn't realize I would learn is how much stress I was holding on to over the situation of Lou Perlman and this weight that I was feeling, I had a lot of ill feelings that I didn't realize I had to Lou and, and how pissed I was that he even died. And I'm like, how dare you die without having a conversation with me and, and apologizing to or me? Or even a comeuppance in the, like... Yeah, right? You know, I, I, I learned to forgive during this documentary and I feel at peace now with this story. When you're so young and you start engaging in like business contracts and signing things that you don't realize the gravity of what right. you're signing, where do you put all of that as you grow into an adult? How do you, frankly, when you realize that the decisions that you've made or decisions that were made for you weren't in your best interest, mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Uh, betrayal. You know, you, it's, it's the first time in my life I felt 
what betrayal felt like, all your your trust goes out the window. Because as a 16-year-old, you trust everyone, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I signed that contract. I didn't know what I was signing, but I, mean, I was... Probably, frankly, you're more worried about hitting your notes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's all we did was focus on our art, right? I mean, every day we were rehearsing, 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 and we didn't have time to think about this as a business. But the thing I did learn about this whole situation with Lou Perlman and the silver lining is now at an early age, I learned a really great life lesson. Everything that I dealt with business-wise going forward, my hands were in everything. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing good deals with other people. Like I didn't want to be a Lou Perlman. So if I'm doing a movie and I'm hiring you as an actor, or if I'm you know creating this band and I'm managing this artist over here, you're going to have a good, you're going to have a fair deal yeah. with me. Good deals with good people. Yeah. This business is riddled with horrible people that are always taking advantage of people. I wanted to be at least one entity in this entertainment industry that wasn't taking advantage of people. And I, I want, I want you to win. So if it wasn't for Lou teaching me that lesson in his own way, I, I would not have the business sense I have today. When did things, when was everything revealed to you guys? Like, uh, what's the timeline for mm -hmm. how this happens? Here you go. You've got your sixth member of the band. Oh yeah. You've got this band and you're learning. I mean, there's a reason why NSYNC was, is a global sensation. And it's because of the talent of each of the members, the effort, that you guys put into it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny for as much as you and I have spent time together, we never talk about NSYNC. No. No, we just talk about Lance and Hannah. That's right. Yeah. The more important things. The more important things. <laughs> but truly, you know, at 16, your priorities are hitting your mark mm -hmm. and doing great show yeah. and trying to maintain whatever semblance of health and wellness you could possibly have at that point. It's true. And everyone always telling you, it's like, oh, you're young. You can handle it. Oh, your knees will be good. It's, it's you, know, <laughs> you destroyed yourself at such a, a young age. But I compare it to being a pro athlete. In exactly. Some ways. Being an Olympian. You're at the top of your game. And in order to stay there, any even get there, the rehearsal you have to have and the dedication. I mean, you gave up your life for this. There's nothing else going on in your life. You have no relationships. You have no other job. I mean, your relationship with your family goes down the toilet also because literally every single day you're working your ass off with mm. no break. It burnt us out. Now looking back, I'm like, wow, I wish we would have taken some time off and enjoyed the moment and just gotten some rest. I mean, I look at some interviews of me back in the day, and I don't even recognize who I am. I sound different. I look different. You know, just pale, pale, pale. And I mean, we never saw the sun. You know, looking back, I, we could have taken a little bit more of a break because I, th I think NSYNC could still be going today if yeah. we would have if we would have done it right. Yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Oh, so of course, you got to forgive yourself for yeah. any decisions and, yeah. that you made. And of the course. industry was completely different. I think that mm -hmm. we as a society are shining a light more on health and wellness and mental health yeah. and maintenance. You know, I mean, like even on a much, 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 much infinitely smaller scale, you know, I'm going to pull back on a lot of everything I'm doing mm -hmm. just because I realize I'm like, this is just happening to me. It's not happening with me. Right. I'm yeah. just doing this. I'm just kind of autopiloting. And mm -hmm. for yourself, wanting to have those moments of reflection and being able to like savor it, the only way you can do it is just doing it now as right. an adult. And I love feeling that peace now. It just, it, you know, I just feel healthy. Yeah. Took me a long time to get there, but you know, I'm here. You're so here. It's all about how, you know, it's not how you get there. It's just you're there now. So in the timeline, when was it revealed to you guys that, you know, and I really appreciate you talking with me mm -hmm. about this subject because yeah. I know betrayal is probably one of the most painful things mm -hmm. that you can experience. And especially when you've had such a huge impact on so many lives in such a positive way to think there was this figure there. Yeah. When did it, when did it become clear to you what was going on? 
Well, uh, it took us a while because, yeah. uh, like I said, we were very busy, and you know, our career was an interesting start. We got together, we were together for a year, living together, rehearsing every day, and we could not get a record deal. I mean, and in fact, I was packing my bags, going back to high school to finish my senior year because no one would sign us. I mean, we did, you know, we sent all these demos out, Tommy Matola, everyone's like, no, there's no way a group like this will ever work in America. And then I was packing up my bags to go back to high school and just come, you know, sing on the weekends with the guys because, you know, we're still going forward when a record label in Germany called and said, hey, we'll sign you guys. The next day I was on a plane and moving to Germany for two years. <laughs> so, you know, not only was it busy the Orlando days, but now we're living in a different country and immediately superstars. I mean, we we're on the cover of every magazine before we even released a song. So it was this weird world. In the European market? Yes. And I didn't know the European market at all. I've never been to Europe in my life. They, I didn't know they listened to- Remind everyone where you're from. Uh, Mississippi. You're from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi. Here's this Mississippi mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. In Germany. I've flown one time to Orlando <laughs> <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, 16 years old. and Well, actually, I, I guess I'd turned 17 at that point. Oh, so and you're a man I'm now. a man at this point, legal in many states. And by the way, a 17-year-old Mississippian is younger than most people because you know we're late getting things and we're very conservative. So me at 17 is probably like a 12-year-old in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're they're exposed to a lot more than I was exposed to. So going to Germany, you're immediately just band-aids ripped off. I mean, you open up a kid's magazine, there's I mean, just naked people having sex. You're like, <laughs> what is going on over here? Women have nipples? Yeah, what? <laughs> Then you go into this industry that it's all boy bands. Like I never heard the word boy band before. And there's 50 of them over in Europe. And Oh, but you guys were American. But we were American. So that really stood oh out. And of God. course, they love those American boys. So it just, it blew up over there. So we were so busy, you know, and we had already worked so hard for a year and not getting paid, obviously, because we couldn't get a gig. So I wasn't expecting any, you know, any kind of paycheck at all during that time. But after two years of being one of the biggest bands in Europe, you would think you would see something, at, you know. At, and Any I was, interest from the Yeah, state. and I was thinking, okay, maybe, you know, it'll take a year and, you know, the, the recoupables and all that type of stuff. But then after two years and you still haven't seen a dime and you're living off your per diem. Oh, when you haven't seen something like you haven't seen any money. No, not a dime. Not a, never. And we, we saw a per diem, which was $35 a day, which the record label has to pay you, which we didn't know also comes out of your... <laughs> your check. You know, I was living off $35 a day for two years and I was fine with it because again, I was a kid. I thought that was a lot of money because I just got to save that money because the hotels were paid for. The food that I was eating was paid for, not knowing again, I was paying for all of that. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. I, I, I didn't understand the word recoupable just uh-huh. yet. So we get over to- And for those who might not mm-hmm. uh, that are listening, yeah. uh, basically it means like, let's say you go to a show in a city. You sell tickets to the show. You get $100. Let's let's just use really simple numbers. If your hotel room costs $75, then $75 of that $100 goes into the hotel room. Mm -hmm. So that's what a recoupable is. You're paying that. You're paying that. They they might front it for you, but you're going to end up paying for it. So we learned that, you know... (laughs) Very late of what the recoupable you're, word was. You guys are like, let's get bunk beds. And like, yeah. So we were excited because Lou Perlman was doing this check presentation. It was going to be our first check presentation. And for two years, I'm thinking, okay, this is what I've been waiting for. You know, finally, we've worked our asses off and we've paid back who we need to pay, pay back. What is this check going to be? And right at this point, we've sold, I mean, probably 15 million Jesus. albums. Wow. I mean, and 
So, I mean, there's there's money You're somewhere. Ready. Yeah. Somewhere. So we all sit down at Lowry's here in Los Angeles. The, he flies the families out, which, of course, we paid for. He flies the families out, takes us to Lowry's, one of the most, you know, lavish dinners ever. There is a envelope in front of everyone with our names on it. And I'm so excited. I'm like, what is this going to be? I mean, could it be a million dollars? Am be, I about to be a million? I mean, what, what what's going to happen right now? So we have our dinner and then we, you know, we happily open our checks and it was $10,000. Oh my God. Uh-huh. $10,000. Yeah. Each of you collectively uh-huh. would then be 50. Yeah. Wow. So I... That's not even one no, show. No. That's... That's well below minimum wage. Like, well... When you, when you actually map it out. Yeah. Oh, like, my God. And, and the hours we put... Remember, 50, we didn't get to go home. It wasn't a nine to five. My life was this. I never got to go home. I, I was on a bus. I was it's, with these it's, guys. For over the last... Over the course of the last two years, you've made $50,000 for working mm-hmm. 365 days a year. Yeah. Wow. Oh, by the way, that's also split by six because Lou is the sixth member of NSYNC. So he also got that check for $10,000. Uh-huh. After all of that? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's the sixth member, so oh he's going to get God. exactly what we get. Uh huh. So that's when I realized, okay, there's something wrong. So in that moment, and this is before, now correct my timeline, this is before you guys have blown up in the States. Uh, we, right no, we, we had blown up in the States at this point. At this point, you blown up in the States and it was a check yes. for $50,000. Yes. Yeah. We'd already had a huge album. Yeah, it was selling millions already. Unfathomable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have your check for $10,000 and you're like, am I missing about double the amount of zeros? So that's the first time that you had a, like, a twinge of like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this isn't adding up. Yeah, I was pissed. It was the first time I remember being just pissed. I no longer was the happy you know, kid. Cause I mean, I was just like, this is happy guy, whatever. And I mean, the world was perfect and there was nothing wrong with it for me, but this was the first time that I and finally also, lost the smile. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause you're also being surrounded by people that are reinforcing, mm-hmm. like, aren't you so happy? Oh yeah. Isn't this incredible? And it was a great life. Hello. We were a huge band. I mean, we were living the life. We just didn't have it to, you know, we didn't have our bank accounts to back us up for the work that we were doing. Right. So I, you know, was very upset. And that's when JC and I, kind of put our heads together and said, okay, what are we going to do? And JC's uncle happened to be a lawyer. Great. So we sent him the contract. We're like, can you just look at this, which we should have before we saw the contract. And he's like, this is the worst deal I've ever seen in entertainment history. Um, my body is covered in chills. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. Oh my and God. And it's sad to know that the Backstreet Boys signed that same exact contract. So did Innocence, Britney Spears' first group. Every group that ever signed with Transcon signed that same exact deal. Wow. So I knew, you know, if, if we were going so through this, this, everyone was about to go through this. What did you guys do with that information? Well, we just wanted to renegotiate because with every artist, of course, you, you know, your first deal is going to be horrible. How long was the window of that first contract? I think it was for probably like four or five albums. Wow. Like, yeah, you signed for albums, not albums? just years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I'm sure we owed him like five albums or something. I don't even know what it was. So all we want to do is renegotiate. We're like, okay, that's a wash. We get that. The first album, total wash. But the second album, you know, we need we need a better deal. Yeah, you know, we've and, proved ourselves. And probably internally also, you're thinking, you've proved yourselves mm-hmm. exactly what you just noted to. And you're like, like, yes, you did come help us. But man, I think we really paid our debt. Yeah. At what point is our debt paid Right, to? and explain to us why we're in such debt. I mean, I, I still didn't understand. Like, it, the, the numbers didn't add up. Mm. We... Ended up doing a, um, 
what do they call it? Mediation. Mm-hmm. And we had- <laughs> Like like a divorce. Yeah, it was like a divorce, <laughs> yes. And Because we didn't want to go to court. We just wanted, you know, he would just say, no, no, we're not renegotiating. So we finally had to get a mediator, which was Strauss Zelnick, who was the head of the BMG group, like the distribution, like the head, head, our boss, boss, boss. So he sits down, we're in New York, long table, Lou's on one side, we're on the other, he's in the middle. We talk it out. And Strauss just looks at us, he goes, hmm. He goes, yeah, you probably have one more album in you. I'm siding with Lou and walked out of the room. We're like, oh my gosh. Like, did, you, did the, our gotcha. boss just say that we won't have just but one more album in us anyway? And he signed with Lou Perlman, who just took so advantage of these kids. Un- so, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You must be terrified. Terrified because then I, you're like holding that in your well, head. You're like, I'm going to put this check for $10,000 mm, under a mattress yeah. and then put that mattress yeah. under a different mattress. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I left there knowing that our career was over. I, I knew. What year was this? Do you remember? This was 98. Okay. Well, don't worry. Y2K just around the corner, baby. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Everything's going to be wiped out. Right. <laughs> it was. It was 9999 when we signed with Jive. So it was at the VMAs, our first VMAs performance. So it was like early 1999. Oh, when, which when performance was that? I was so, uh, I remember, I, I loved NSYNC. Oh, thanks. FYI. Oh. Yeah. It was the one with Brittany and us. Oh, uh, okay. We did Tearing Up My Heart and she did Oh, Time. so good. Yeah. Oh good my sense. God. But that's when you guys came into existence for me. Oh yeah. It was like, baby, well, that was our time, first television appearance, I guess. Or, you know, our first performance at the right, VMAs. Performance sure. at the VMAs, yeah. No one even knew who How? we were hilarious that he was like you have one more yeah. oh my but okay so you couldn't have known that so you must have been terrified yeah because wow. again lou proman owns the name in sync so we weren't going to be able to use the name in sync so we were so no you were longer, in stuck yes we were in stuck he's like we were thinking about doing artists formerly known as in sync oh yeah that always works really well afghan afghan um <laughs> That would have never worked. Yeah. So I, you know, and we didn't have a label. Like we were completely, our label didn't think that we had, you know, that we were in the right. Wait, so Strauss, yeah. So Strauss walks mm-hmm. out of the room. You don't have the label support. Mm-hmm. You're stuck in this contract. Mm-hmm. What do you do? We cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which is good because, did you know why we cry? Do you know why? Why is that? You, your body is literally, when you feel the urge to cry or when you cry, your body is regulating your system. Oh, yeah. So hormones are literally coming out of oh, your eyes. Wow. Your body is regulating your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And to resist the urge to cry or to squelch that mm-hmm. would kind of be like, if a tea kettle's boiling over, put your hand on top of it mm-hmm. so the steam can't come out. Mm-hmm. One day that kettle's going to explode. Uh-huh. So that's why we cry. Oh, okay. So you guys cry? Yes. Well, yeah, I've gotten shed a little tear because I'm like, well, it's over. You know, we we are one of the biggest bands right now, but without our name and without a record label supporting us, out of sight, out of mind, we're gone. Backstreet Boys are there, 98 Degrees, everyone's going to be right on your tail, you know, trying to overtake you. And we ended up going to court with Lou over the name. It wasn't just to fix the contract, but he sued us for using the name in sync. So he takes us, like legit takes so, us to court. You, so you guys break your contract. You're like, we're out. Yeah, we said we're done because we, our lawyer found a little thing in our contract that said, if Lou doesn't sign us to an American label in a certain amount of time, then the contract's void. And we signed to a German label. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This is so thrilling. This yeah. is the most amazing movie of all time. <laughs> You're right. I'm like on the edge of my seat. So, you know, so we had this like, okay, did we just, are we free and clear? Is it that simple? It Except wasn't. Except for the name. It wasn't. Yeah. So he owned and the this name. this is all happening before you even become the NSYNC that I Oh, yeah. Know. This is, yeah. This is before, you know, No Strings Attached was all about Lou Perlman. <gasps> oh, yeah. my God. 
what? Yeah. I'm literally going to listen to the album. Bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. I'm literally going to listen <laughs> to the album on the way home. Yeah, no, it was our... It and was I'm our... looking at No Strings Attached behind you right now, yeah. right yeah. there. Uh-huh. Oh my, do you know? Oh my God, Lance, you don't know this. What? That's the first CD I ever bought. No Strings Attached? When people ask you, what's oh, the first CD you ever I bought? I love that. I love when people say that. The or first the first c- concert. The first CD I ever bought with oh. my own, like, was like, okay, I'm going to buy a CD, was No Strings Attached. That, you know, and that's a collector's item, especially if you bought it the first week. Because, nah. you know, that was, oh, okay. Nah, I You're not part of that. Nah, you know, that album sold, it was $2.4 million in a week. It was, wow. it was a really? record-breaking. Shit, yeah. maybe I did buy it that first week. Yeah. I could not tell you. I was, what, 14, 13, 14? Yeah. yeah. But this just occurred to me. You know, in interviews and stuff, people are like, well, it's the first CD. What's the movie you ever went to? It was the first mm-hmm. CD. And I was like, first CD I ever bought was Unstring Snow Sync Attached. Uh, and I just can't. I, I, I that, that is how much I compartmentalize the Lance I know as a man adult. Yeah. Because I'm a woman adult. Well, I'm a little different from my NSYNC days. That's yeah, I mean, a little danger. bit. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm. I love, I wish, I wish, I wish. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I love that. Uh, so, so he takes us to court and it was such a surreal, that day is so blurry to me as you're living it, but- Thank goodness there was a lot of people filming it uh, because for my documentary, I got to see all this footage I never even saw before outside the court with all the fans. I did, I, I forgot there were all these fans outside singing and praying for us. And it was such a touching moment that I didn't, in the moment, didn't even realize was happening because I was so nervous oh, yeah. about my career ending. Well, you were in the midst of a traumatizing experience. I mean, traumatizing. And so in the courtroom, and I've never been in court before, <laughs> you know, like... I'm I'm 18 years old and or maybe 19. You're like point. I knew I should have never flown to Germany. Right, damn it! <laughs> yeah, so lose on one side, we're on the other, and the judge, you know, we're we're pleading our case, and and I I was like I know our our he owns our name, he legally owns our name. There's no way we can get this. Who's gonna say you know? Oh no, I'm gonna break this contract for these guys. Well, the judge looks at us, looks at him, says, "So Lou Perlman, <laughs> you're saying that you are in sync, but these five guys who my daughter has their poster on her wall." Is not in sync. It's like, yeah, I don't believe that. And so she sided with us and gave us our <gasps> name. Oh yeah. my god, I want to clap. I'm like, <laughs> it was it was a great moment. Uh, oh my for god. Sure. And then I realized, okay, we have to start over, but at least we have our name. Sadly, a lot of people think, oh, that was the end of the Lou Perlman story with you guys, but it wasn't. Again, we still were in this contract mm. with him. So for the remainder of the next two next two albums, he still. Was Got the sixth member, sixth member of, of the group, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And it was the next album that we didn't get to that he was the first time that he legally was not the sixth member of NSYNC. For people to watch this all together, you can go ahead and check out Boy Band Con, the Lou Pearlman story. Where can people find it again? Uh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, and I'll, I'll explain how you can watch it for free. So if you guys want to hear more about the Lou Pearlman story, go ahead and head to YouTube, look up Boy Band Con, the Lou Pearlman story. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what matters to me, which is the Lance Bass story right after this. Hey, Hannah Gelb, you know how this podcast is ad free? Yeah. Well, not anymore because I'm going to advertise for me. Hey, guys, (laughs) if you don't want to become a patron of the podcast and buy a Hannah a cup of coffee, that's fine. The very least you could do is buy my new book, My Drunk Kitchen Holidays, How to Savor and Celebrate the Year. It's available yeah. now at hannahhart.com slash book. How easy is that? But, dude, but buddy, why don't you tell a little bit of that beautiful 
explanation you gave me earlier. About what the book means and what it's all about? Yeah. I would love to. Because I think some people think like, oh, this is a cookbook. <sighs> Look, if you're trying to subvert mainstream culture, you can't always say exactly how all the time. Oh, you got to be sneaky. I got to be sneaky. But hey, earbuds, you guys are listening. And so I'll not be sneaky. I'll just reveal all my secrets to you. The reason why I wanted to write My Drink Kitchen Holidays, How to Savor and Celebrate the Year, is because as a queer person, all holidays and all holiday traditions are pretty triggering because there's nothing in it that represents me or my community. Oh Everything my God, is so binary, so heteronormative. Yes. And I don't have any traditions because I'm making a family like mine for the first time. Yes. And I'm such a cis hetero bonehead. It didn't even occur to me. Of, like, of course, every photo, fo- every ad, every photo is like a man and a woman. Like, oh, we're all sitting down at the table with the tree and with our families all with us. Like, yeah, no, some of our families don't talk to us anymore. Yes, yeah, some of our families don't look like that. For me, some celebrations come with a cost. That's what My Drunk Kitchen Holidays is really all about. I just really want people to pick up this book and then without knowing it, have learned a lesson and broadened their experience. And if you guys want to help me subvert mainstream culture, please go to hannahart.com slash book and buy My Drunk Kitchen Holidays today. If everyone who listens to this podcast bought a copy of the book, it would be a bestseller. Isn't that insane? I'm not saying that you have to. I really understand. Not everybody's got the money to do it. But just know that right now you're having a huge impact on my life and I hope to spend my life impacting others. Fingers crossed, baby. Speaking of life and impacts, let's get back to this beautiful podcast. And we're back. Wow, Lance, that was, I mean, like, well, I literally am going to go listen to No Strings Attached from start to finish. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, good times, good times. So we here on Analyze This like to... Peel back just one layer. So what does having this experience do for you in terms of trust? Mm-hmm. I'm a very trusting person. And, and even to this day, I feel like I'm, I can consider myself a trusting person. But I always have, and it sucks to have to live your life like that, but nothing, nothing surprises me anymore. Like Nothing will surprise me. And even the closest relationships I have, I always have this in the back of my mind, like they could be lying to me at some point. Mm. So I'm always just thinking like, where, where are, is it going to turn mm. for us? And that's just, and relationships, especially my first few relationships were just, I mean, I was Elizabeth Taylor. It was, <laughs> it was so bad. And can I you didn't dress know. up as Elizabeth Taylor for Halloween? Sure. Please. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, I would make a horrible Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. With the beard. Drag's it's not, not it's, it's not a pretty, you're thing. a very pretty man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you know? But yeah, no, no, my drag is not, it's not cute. Gorgeous. No, no, not at all. Uh, Oh yeah. My relationships were just, you know, very dramatic. And at this point, you know, I'd been in a lot of drama. So I felt like that's what love was. And again, I was, you know, in the closet for so many years. So you did, you're stunted when you're, when you're in the dating world. Cause you know, I didn't come out until I was 21. So I, I dated my first guy like 21, 22. Mm. And usually when you're that's 15, like a 13 year old dating. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, you're 14, 15, 16, you're going on your first dates and you kind of start figuring it out. Well, this is when I just started figuring it out at, at such a late age. So everything was very dramatic, a lot of fighting, yeah. but I thought that's what love was yeah. until I met Michael. And then, oh my gosh, wait, we've never fought. It's ridiculous. Been together for 10 years and we really have not 
You know, so when, disagree. when you say that, I'm immediately like, oh my God. I mean, it's crazy. What's going to happen? I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ellen and I fight a lot. Yeah. Well, we used to fight. Now we just mm-hmm. have discussions and mm-hmm. like, you know, conversations. Yeah. So fortunately, we figured out how to fight healthy. Thank God. Yeah. And it, it's important. You got to fight clean. And there's one thing, he has major anxiety and I've never really dealt with anxiety before. So it was a big learning experience for me on how we discuss things. And, and I know half the times that he would want to fight back or, you know, want to, you know, have a fight, but he, he couldn't because his anxiety would keep him back. So, he's like, okay. Yeah. He's like, fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes me want to be like, well, why don't you care? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It's, oh, it's, You're it's, like, it's, show it's me, crazy. show me love by meeting me exactly right. Right. Where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe on, uh, in a future episode of Analyze This, maybe mm-hmm. I can chat with you and Michael about the first year of marriage or the uh, first yeah. years of marriage. Let's or whatnot. do it. Yeah. I would love that. I need some tips, man. Are you excited? I am. Oh my God. I'm really so excited. happy for you. I know. I'm happy for me too. Oh. So with the one eye out, mm-hmm. now this is my personal belief. When we have trust and when trust has been broken early in life or in such a massive way, your body has one eye out because it's like, this is how I'm going to keep us safe. And you want to respect that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I feel like so much of mental health is just this gloss, this veneer of just like, be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. or like live openly, love, blah, blah, blah. It's that simple. yeah. Yeah. It's that simple. My perspective is that we need to honor those things just as the bad experiences, just as much as the good ones. Mm -hmm. It's like, I do have one eye out and I'm in control of it. I know, okay, this isn't going to blindside me, but I'm also not going to live like it's going to happen. Right. When did you realize that you had the one eye out, Mm -hmm. you know, or did it ever keep you from getting close to somebody that you wish you had? Yeah. I mean, it happens all the times in, in friendships where you want to trust and give your all to and it just, it doesn't happen. I mean, you, you really, you get jaded and it's so sad that, you know, you have this jaded. And so then your inner circle becomes tighter. I've noticed that. So the people that you really trust, I mean, I have like a handful of those people around me that I would tell them everything to. And then the people, you know, on the outside circle of that, I love them, but I don't have that trust. I feel like at any moment you could definitely stab me in the back. Yeah. That A, B, and C group. Mm-hmm. I might put those people in your D group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, well, yeah. yeah maybe they should be in the D group. They should yes. be in the D group. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? If you know what it looks like when somebody's planning on stabbing you in the back, mm-hmm. you're probably right. Yeah. And like, it's so crazy because I feel like so much with mental health, people think it's going to be like, positivity. Mm-hmm. But I'm of the volition. Trust your gut. Yeah. Your gut is smart. Your it, gut so loves true. you. And I, it took me forever to follow my gut. I always thought I was wrong. Everything that I always think, you know, oh, it's, it's going to go opposite. And I'm like, is the universe just playing with me? You're so, playing with yourself. Exactly. Because your gut is telling you exactly what you need to know. Yeah, you're manifesting it yourself. I wonder if it comes from like repressed homophobia or like stuff like that too. Probably. Like some yeah. identity thing. Because I had the exact same thing where I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm probably wrong. Because mm-hmm. it would be so scary to do the other thing, which is like, okay, gut, you're telling me don't fully trust this person. Mm-hmm. Instead of betraying myself. And being like, well, I'm just going to give them everything. And then we'll see right away whether or not they're trustworthy mm-hmm. because they'll just do it now, yeah, yeah. which is what I would do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Instead being like, okay, my gut is telling me this person isn't fully trustworthy. I'm just going to keep them at a distance mm-hmm. and we're going to see how this plays out. That I feel like is the best attitude. Well, of course it is. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's what I do. But again, I just, I'm never surprised 
anymore. And it, it is just sad to, you know, go through life like that of knowing, okay, at any moment the whole life could just fall apart and I'm expecting it. Right? Well, if we follow that thought through, mm-hmm. Dan Harris did that for me. Mm-hmm. So worst fear followed through, you end up on our bridge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that you are someone who would make living under a bridge great. I would. See? Yeah. I would make that like so even an if everything, place. even if everything fell apart, it's true. You would yeah. still have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I have learned also is that it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. All you got that, the, two dogs, cute husband. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> life, life is good. You can make life good. It, it doesn't matter what people think of you at all. And that took me a long time to figure out. I had to impress everyone. Everyone had to like me. If you didn't like me, then I'm going to spend extra time with you to make sure you like me. And why do you still not like me? <laughs> and what the, you know, the worst, time, worst part is, you're like, and I don't even like you. Yeah. Oh, I did it again. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing that I'm thing. I'm doing the thing where I need to be the center of everyone's universe every time they meet me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Uh, so I've, I've definitely let that go for sure. I, I you know, if when I, when I meet someone and like we have this really great rapport and I'm like, okay, this is great. Like I, I become friends with people very quickly. And if I don't get that back, it makes me wonder like, okay, what, what am I doing wrong? It's a challenge. I bet. I think you're, do you know your Enneagram? No. I think you're a two like me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to text you some pictures from a book. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm in. I'm going to send you some I need you to analyze me. I know. I know. I have. Well, I, I, I've analyzed you to the point of knowing that I'm sure you could remind yourself that you are safe because you have you. Yeah. That's my active mantra has been lately, like just periodically throughout the day after I had this really great episode with Dan Harris a couple podcasts ago, who kind of like called me out on some stuff, was not expecting it. I was like, excuse me, sir, this is my show. Um, (laughs) What do you think? Is to think like, I am safe. Mm -hmm. And my mom used to say this thing when we were little, which is so long as you are breathing, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. I try and remember that too. Yeah, it could always be worse. That's for dang sure. We we were very lucky. 10 fingers, 10 toes. Things are going great. Mm -hmm. Well, Lance, I love you. Um, Love you. Okay, good, great. So we both (laughs) really like each other. Great. So now we just don't have to talk for like six months. No, exactly. No, I'm not worried about you. I'm I'm off to the the asshole troll trying to... (laughs) Yell at me on Twitter. <laughs> You're going to like me, troll. You're going to like me no matter what. Uh, if people want to find you and mm-hmm. more of what you do, aside from your you know, already massive catalog of work, uh, where can people go to find your documentary, your mm-hmm. podcast? Where can people go for Lance Yeah, today? I'm at Lance Bass everywhere. You know, Instagram's my thing. Yeah. I mean, to me, I don't know, Twitter's kind of dying or something. I don't know. It's just, it's just a hard space. Maybe I'm too old. No, no. You is. know what you need to do? You need to mute and block some people. I don't even really go on Twitter. I mean, you should I go. Don't, You're missing great one-liners for yeah. me. Yeah, well, okay. I'll just follow you. I'll unfollow everyone. But See if you. you can guess which tweets I tweeted while high. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Instagram, good on uh, the Daily Popcast at the Daily Popcast. That's we're having fun with all the listeners there for my new show. And then yeah, Boy Band Con YouTube. Get the free trial because it's behind that damn paywall. You know, subscribe, watch the movie, watch Cobra Kai, and then delete, <laughs> and then you're good. You're good to go. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. You should have made it free. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I love you. I mean, come on. I mean, like, I've never know. done an original because uh, of that paywall. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, it's so, I mean, dumb. And now they took the paywall, uh, you know, off from almost all their stuff. But my movie's still behind it. Come on. Come on, people. People need to hear this story. They do. They really yeah. do. Especially all the young kids today who That's are right. getting roped into media and contract deals. It is a cautionary tale for sure. Indeed. If you guys are enjoying Analyze This and you haven't yet, please sign up at patreon.com slash analyze this because... I'm going to put this podcast away unless we get more patrons, people. 
Okay, it's $5 a month. Buy a Hannah a cup of coffee. Yeah. I don't want to put ads on this thing. I like being able to talk to whoever I want to, whenever I want to, and get really good candid conversations. And the best way to enable me to do that is just by showing your support. So please go to patreon.com slash analyze this. Five bucks a month, one latte. It's one latte. One really one great latte. cappuccino. Look, look at the love you get all month long. All month long, one yeah, latte. Yeah. I'd buy you a latte. You That's think right. if we met, I wouldn't buy you a latte? Please. I know you would buy me a latte. I will buy you a latte right up. Right, let's go. Let's go have a <laughs> let's latte. Let's go. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, like, subscribe, all the good things, and uh, have a great day. We don't have an end phrase. Sometimes we like to yell, save yourselves. <laughs> Save yourselves. It's true. That's that's true. Okay. Bye. Bye.